Well, welcome to the Story of Hope podcast, where we are sharing the story of how Bible translation brings hope to the people groups of the world. My name is Esther, and I am the front person of a band called Eversmith, and I've been in partnership as an ambassador with Wycliffe Bible Translators New Zealand for many, many years now, and I'm excited to be here today with my co-host... Hi, I'm Alex Winslade. I work um, in the New Zealand office for Wycliffe Bible Translators New Zealand. Um, and today, this is our first podcast, actually, that we're recording across three time zones. So we're joined by one of our Wycliffe New Zealand members who's in Thailand, Campbell Prince. Would you like to introduce yourself a little, Campbell? Yeah, sure. Uh, as Alex said, hi, I'm Campbell. Um, nice to be here. Thanks for having me on this podcast. Um, I've been here for uh, 16 years. Um, with my wife and family, three children, uh, they grew up here. So this has uh, become home now. Wow. Mm. Um, so yeah, well, that was actually quite a revelation. One day I was flying into Chiang Mai and I suddenly realized, I thought to myself, oh, it's good to be home. Oh, mm. that's new. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, things change after a while. They mm. do, they do. I kind of had that moment. Um, I'm, I'm living in Nashville now. And uh, the last time I went to New Zealand was 2019 for my best friend's wedding. And I just, the whole time I was there, I was like, man, this place is so familiar and it's home in a sense, but also it doesn't feel like home anymore, which was quite affronting, but it was mm. good. <laughs> so I totally understand that. Well, we love to start with some um, icebreaker questions. And so the first question that I have for you is, what is one of the strangest foods that you have tried? Well, I, I think the strangest food um, I've ever tried was something that was unexpected. You know, you, you can try strange foods that you know are strange foods and that's okay. Um, but we've got a little bit familiar in time. We're on a road trip. And so we go, oh, I know what that is. It's a guy mm. taught um, fried chicken. I like fried chicken. So that's cool. And it turned out not to be that. It was um, wow. uh, chicken tendons. Oh. Um, just, just the knee tendons. Um, wow. Which is actually a pretty good source of protein. But my goodness, they're tough and chewy. Um, <laughs> so you, you get a whole plate full of those and you think, mm, okay. I'm going <laughs> to wow. pretend I knew what I was doing. But yeah. No. <laughs> Wow. That would be quite surprising, I, I can imagine. One time, um, my brother and I got to have Christmas in New York and we stayed with a Taiwanese family and they took us to get hot pot. And mm -hmm. she was reading the ingredients and she was like, Do you know, it's really funny. It says in English, lamb shoulder, but in Chinese, it says lamb brain. And I was like, okay, oh. <laughs> I don't know which one I'm going to get right now. So uh, <laughs> that probably would have been a interesting experience if I hadn't been prepared for it in advance as well in the yeah. same way. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, our next question is, if you could learn any language in an instant, which would you choose? Okay. Well, I, it's tempting to choose Thai, but I kind of know Thai a little bit. <laughs> but um, I'd probably go for Vietnamese. Um, it's got mm -hmm. six tones. It's generally regarded as right. being one of the more difficult ones around. Um, and yeah. uh, I work in Southeast Asia, so it'd be kind of handy. Because... Um, yeah. mm. No, you, you go you go someplace new and um, you suddenly you can't read and you can't talk to people as well as you'd like again. And that's kind of frustrating. It's nice to be able to talk yeah. to people. So. Yeah, and the tone languages, I think, are, in my mind, would be one of the hardest to learn because we don't really recognize in our language that when we're changing our tone, like we don't realize that in other languages that can change the whole meaning of a word, but we just like change it all the time. So I feel like that'd be so hard to learn. <laughs> yeah, is it is it tonal and Thai? 
Uh, yep, yep. So we okay. can say, um, uh, my, 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 my. And that's a proper <laughs> sentence. Wow. It's roughly uh, new wood doesn't burn, does it? Wow. Wow. <laughs> never, <laughs> never would have caught that. That's amazing. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, well, I guess we'll jump into the main questions about what <clears throat> you're doing and all that. So I guess what were you doing before you joined Wycliffe and what led you to get involved with the Bible translation mission? Hey, well, uh, this is my second career. So uh, first career, I'm, I'm trained in electronic engineering, did a degree in that. Mm -hmm. And so I, yeah. I worked in uh, hardware and software engineering, um, kind of so like, you know, embedded programming, they call it. I did that for mm -hmm. about eight or nine years uh, before mm -hmm. joining up with Wycliffe. Um, the short answer is, how did I get into Wycliffe? Like, where did that come mm -hmm. along? Uh, well, that's my wife. Um, wow. You know, we kind of had this prenuptial agreement. Um, when we started dating, she said, are you interested in missions? Kind of thought that was a leading question, you know, um, <laughs> kind of looked like I had a right and a wrong answer. So I said, yes, of course, I've, I'm interested in missions. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, you know, um, when I was 26, I said, well, I'm sure we'll be on the mission field in 10 years, you know, 10 years seems like a long time when you're 26. Um, and it was, it was 10 years, three months. Um, wow. Wow. And, um, yeah, we got married and we were on the mission field 10 years, three months later. Huh. That's amazing. So like randomly so prophetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's been quite a few randomly prophetic things. Um, uh, you know, you, you believe in God and he's omnipotent. He, he's sort of like listening in on every conversation because mm -hmm. 10 years. Okay. The clock is ticking. <laughs> right. Pretty amazing. Um, so had your yeah. wife always kind of known about Wycliffe or how did you sort of hear uh, about she, it? Yeah, she, um, it, it was uh, for her, it was at um, Canterbury University. You know, there was um, mm. some advertising from Wycliffe uh, recruiting mm. saying, um christian mathematicians where are you and she was doing a math degree and you know it turns out that mm. uh folk that like math are kind of into uh, linguistics as well so yeah. she thought wow that's really cool and so mm. she had um uh got to find out more but she was also a trained high school teacher so mm. she thought oh well um i can start out by serving with that gifting you know and um, serve as a high school teacher so she had mm -hmm. signed up with Wycliffe gone going through the application process and was um, ready to go off to um, PNG mm. um, when I came along and threw a spanner in that plane. Right. <laughs> but I think God was going for the two-for-one deal, so it was okay. <laughs> That's cool. <clears throat> well, well you, mentioned, you mentioned... Oh, sorry. The, um, uh, how they were advertising that mathematicians kind of end up being interested in linguistics. I was just having a conversation earlier today with someone about how I, growing up, I sort of had a bit of both. I was like good at maths, but I also quite was a bit artsy and I never understood like how they both fit together. But I've learned that in language, like I see it both now because language is like an art to it, but it's also mm. quite a logical, like to the grammar as well. And it's, yeah, I, I appreciate that side to it. Yeah. The, the odd thing for me is that um, I really struggled with um, the idea of language and linguistics um, from an, you know, a career point of view. Like um, mm. I, I really liked my job. It was really hard to give it up in a way, mm -hmm. um, like, you know, I like playing with techie things. It was, it was fun. Yeah. I got paid to play. It was really <laughs> cool. Um, right. you know, I, I was working in a small town at the time in New Plymouth and I said in front of my church, you know, oh, I get paid to play. And my boss heard about that. Um, <laughs> and he talked about that at work and said, uh, 
I don't actually pay you to play. I pay you to work, but but I appreciate it that you like working here. So you know, um, that that was really cool. So so God actually had to take me on a bit of a journey um, of figuring out, you know, did I want to serve Him or um, was I happy in my job? You know, mm. um, and that was quite challenging because, um, you know, I was pretty good Christian, you know, I was an elder in my church, I was in the worship band, I'd worked with youth groups and things like that. Um, you know, but I, I'd sort of, what started happening is, as I'd read the Bible, and so I'd read the Gospels, and I'd, I'd hear about the disciples, and I'd just start thinking that my, my life's not really like that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, uh, I'm doing these right things, but I don't feel like God's right there or I, I don't feel like I'm being super relevant to his plans, kind of like the disciples were, you know. Um, Jesus said to the disciples, come follow me. And they said, sure, where are we going? Mm -hmm. Whereas I was kind of you know, thinking, oh, Lord, I'll, I'll work for you, but here's how it's going to be. I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. Mm -hmm. and it didn't seem, you know, super well connected. Mm -hmm. So then I, I prayed mm -hmm. this like completely stupid prayer uh, again, when you're about 26, you play, you pray completely stupid prayers. Um, and so I said, God, if, if you want me to um, serve you more closely in a different way, uh, you just have to make this job like something I don't want to do anymore. Um, mm. And then the company hired um, a, a manager, a general manager. I, I was in senior leadership at the time and the company just started going downhill quite dramatically. And mm. Um, I was going, oh, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. This is just like, how can people make these like unwise decisions? Mm -hmm. um, and they uh, kept on going that way. And eventually I just said, this is silly. I have to, I'm going to resign. And so I did, I, I resigned. Um, and it was only uh, ten, 10 days or so after resigning um, that my wife and I and our two, two very young children, we hadn't had the third one yet. Um, mm -hmm were visiting Thailand for a look-see visit. Wow. Uh, that was in 2003. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, it was just um, amazing. I was on the plane to Thailand and thinking, I'm actually happy to be doing this. How odd. Wow. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, sometimes, like, you know, God can lead you in a direction and you have to make choices before you feel like mm. you're happy about it. Uh, which mm. is but you would say so, you're yeah. happy about it now? Oh, yeah. Now I think it's just crazy. Why did I not do it 10 years earlier? What was the whole 10 years waiting for? It was That's just like wow. insane. That's very Oops. cool. So you mentioned <clears throat> that you've been um, in, in the game, so to speak, for 16 years. What have been the different roles that you've been involved in over that time, assuming that, you know, it's changed over time? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, currently I'm involved in, in management or leadership. Uh, I'm the director of a five country region. Um, never thought that would happen. I remember going to my first conference of this group uh, in Southeast Asia thinking, you know, listening to the director and um, looking at all the people around, you know, there's nearly, um, you know, about 150 other people at the time thinking, wow, I would not want his job. It's like, you know, <laughs> Um, you know, there's just so much to know, so, so much responsibility yeah. or all that sort of thing, you know, and you know, uh, he can have that one. Um, I'm glad I do what I do. And, you know, so I'm a software developer. I was, um, engaged as, um, 
a software developer. Although the interesting thing is when we came here, um, we had no idea that there was software development available, that we could actually do that. Uh, when we mm. came, you know, I, I'd heard that software development was done in, uh, where was it, like Dallas and Calgary and Waxhaw. Uh, and there's no way the church in New Zealand is going to send a software developer to the US as ministry. Just mm -hmm. can't really imagine that happening. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I decided, well, we'll just go wherever you send us, Lord. So we'll come to Thailand. I can fix computers. I can get rid of viruses. Everyone needs tech support, right? So, <laughs> yeah, we thought, well, we'll give that a go. But when we came here, um, some guys had just started a new software development team. Wow. They hmm. said, hmm, interesting. We hear you're a software developer. Would you like to join our team? So sure, can do. Um, and so God really returned that dream to me, which was really, really mm. cool. Uh, so yeah, I, I did software development for uh, about 11 years, I think, here. Um, wow. the, the two folk that started the team, they, they didn't really have an exit plan. They said, you know, uh, we're, we're in this to see if we can get something started. And they did that for two years. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, then um, uh, my supervisor said, well, uh, you're the only one left. <laughs> um, do you want to lead the team? Yeah. Well, okay, sure. We can lead the team. Uh, so uh, I wound up leading the software team here. Um, we called it the Pipe Language Software Group. Uh, so we, we made um, software for like dictionary creation, we help with Bible translation software, um, all all sorts of things. There was some in the group here that helped with uh, non-Roman scripts, which are you know like yeah. different writing systems that don't use ABC, right? You know, um, and yeah, now now keyboarding as well. That's amazing. <clears throat> I love how it's such a God thing that you know you had this dream and this career path that you loved and um god was calling you into this new thing um but always intended that you would be able to use the actual thing that you loved doing and had skill for and all of that sort of thing but you just needed to be in a position where you were willing to be obedient even if you had to give it up like that is such a god way of doing things <laughs> yeah well so like over the years i've come to figure out that um god actually knows what he's doing yeah is, <laughs> you know I, it's one it's one thing to sort of like think that academically you know you read the bible and go oh yeah god's omnipotent right god yeah. knows what he's doing right um and you could it's kind of tempting to think about god like like you know aladdin and the genie you know yeah um awesome cosmic power you know <laughs> um but what does he choose to do with it? Right. Um, but then he chooses to go and use like people like you and me in the church, you know, mm -hmm. God, in what way is that a good plan? <laughs> you know, it does not seem like a good plan. You know, you, you've got, you could do so much like just um, through your awesome power. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't, he says, I'd rather do it with you. It's much more fun. Yeah. Um, He's a collaborative you know, leader, right? <laughs> he is the ultimate collaborative leader. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's absolutely. Amazing. I think that must be so encouraging for a lot of people to hear stories like that, though, because I think a lot of people think, oh, man, um, I'm feeling this call or nudge to ministry or to missions or, or, or whatever. And that just means that I have to give up everything I want. Um, and 
yeah, in some ways you do, but also God is so good in that he often aligns what we want and love and desire um, with what he's calling us into. So incredibly encouraging yeah. for people to know like, hey, God's not just going to like throw you in some trench taking grenades necessarily, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that, that call and nudge, that's an interesting thing. Like that's really got what, that's what got me started um, thinking about, um, oh, maybe God wants me to do more than uh, what I'm doing. You know, we were happy to give money, you know, um, um, soon after we were married, you know, to support missionaries, things like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I was on a trip to Singapore uh, for work, um, not 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 um, Wycliffe work, but first career. Um, and on the way back, on the flight on the way back, you know, I was like, snoozing dozing off and i had this dream that we'd come back to singapore with uh the youth group um mm. i'm quite a practical person you know go straight for the logistics you know okay so we're going to come back with the youth group about 10 people you know, that's going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars <laughs> and I go okay okay god and so it's so like in a dream you know you can dialogue with god and um said okay who's going to pay for this and god replied and said you are um wow. it's like i coughed and choked and said Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then God said, okay, I'll pay half. You pay half, I'll pay half. I go, okay, that sounds like a reasonable deal. I accept. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, got back home in New Zealand and thought, oh, that was a, just a, that was a strange dream. That was dumb. But <laughs> is, that, is, is that a nudge or is that, uh, or is that just like, um, you know, being too tired on a plane? So I thought, well, I'll share it with the elders of the church and share it with the pastor. And they said, well, who knows? Let's pray. Um, and if it's God's will, let it be done. And you go, okay, um, I'm willing, let it be done. And mm -hmm. so I thought, well, okay, God, I'm going to pay for half of everyone's trip to Singapore. Uh, I'm, you know, I wasn't super well paid. I was, I was okay paid, but it was like, you know, definitely like average for a programmer at the time, you know, um, and then one day I was at work and my boss calls me into his office and says, oh, Campbell, uh, I'd really like to um, talk with you. And, you know, it's like being called into the principal's office. You go, mm -hmm. Pretty should going quickly through the list. Have I done anything wrong? Go, mm -hmm. uh, there's probably a few candidates. Okay, um, <laughs> go, go and see um, the boss. Um, the boss says, it's come to my attention that I don't pay you enough. Oh, wow. no, 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 Bob, I'm fine. He goes, no, no, really, I really, you do good work. I don't pay you enough. Yeah. Wow. He says, I'd like to give you a pay rise. Yeah. Okay, if you must. Um, and he says, I'd like to double your pay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. You're sure you don't have to do this, you know? And he says, no, I want to double your pay. And in fact, I'd like to backdate it six months. <laughs> um, so I oh doubled my, my pay and backdated it six months. Um, and... Uh, that was exactly the amount of half of the year fears um, to take our youth wow. group uh, on a, like a missions exposure trip, if you like, cross-cultural trip mm. uh, to Singapore and Malaysia. That's amazing. Um, about then I said, hmm, I should have gone for paying the whole lot. We'd be done with <laughs> that. You know? um, but yeah, yeah, that was amazing. That was just like, but that was like taking like a nudge from the spirit and uh, from God and realizing there is nothing that I can do to bring this about. Um, 
but there's a small amount of faith even in just sharing that with someone else right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and then god brings it about and you go, wow that's amazing yeah mm. well and it's important a really important part of testing every word isn't it of like mm. okay i've heard this thing i'm going to put out you know maybe some feelers or you know tell the elders or, or whatever it might be get the wise people in your life around this word and and work through like well is this actually biblical is this is it practical mm -hmm. is it you know all of these things and then it's amazing how god works when we do take that step in faith but i think a lot of people think oh, i've heard a word so i'm just going to sit on it so that god can magically do this and whatever mm -hmm. but it, that that you know faith without works is dead thing is such an interesting kind of mystery um our part mm -hmm. his part all of the parts it's, it's amazing <laughs> yeah yeah i'm really glad you shared that campbell because i kind of popped into my head to ask you as you i was like i wanted to ask how do you sort of tell something is a nudge from God or not because I feel like that's something a lot of people sort of wrestle with but I think you really answered it in that just um okay take it to people who are your pastors people who you trust who you know are also have a great relationship with God and get and pray about it I think that was really a really cool thing that you've laid out because it's a very good way to um yeah check whether something you're feeling is is it from God yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I, I would actually say that the other way is practice um as mm -hmm. well yeah um like uh like as, as you journey together with jesus you kind of get uh jesus is a person right yeah you know mm -hmm. you can't walk next to someone uh for years on end um and not get to know how they think and mm -hmm. um the sorts of things that they say and the way in which they say it mm -hmm. um so the first time mm -hmm. for sure you're going oh is this you or is this not you hello who are you you know mm -hmm. um but, you know, after a while, you start to go, oh, yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. um, this is not me. It's you. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, really then, the, then the real question, though, is now that you know that, what do you do with it? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Are you going to sort of like say, ah, that's not a nudge. That's, that's just me being silly. La, 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 la. Mm -hmm. You know, not mm -hmm. listening. Um, or, or do you actually say, okay, no, we're going to pray, pray through this. We're going to share this with people. We're going to speak mm -hmm. about it, uh, even though it sounds impossible right now. Um, mm -hmm. And that's when you see amazing things happen, right? yeah. which is, is kind of cool. Well, Hebrews yeah. 3 and 4 talk so much about entering into the promise, and it's all contingent on not just faith, but the obedience of faith. And, um, yeah, obedience is such an interesting kind of space to dig into and understand and and learn to I think it says in the psalm somewhere I delight to do your will um it's such a counter to our flesh to get to that place where we mm. like actually delight to do something that someone else wants us to do but then when you are there that the rest that comes and the peace and the life is so amazing and I, I love like Alex said, how you kind of just highlighted that and just telling the story of your life. So cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned, um, yeah, you went to go be, uh, well, not to go be a software developer, but that's what you were. Um, and um, yeah, I guess I just had a question. So, you know, we do, you hear, oh yeah, we need all these different roles in Bible translation, but I feel like, you know, some people kind of question, you know, how much need is there really in missions for software and IT specialists? Um, yeah. What would you say to that? 
I'm kind of biased, um, but but I think it's huge. It's absolutely uh-huh. huge. Like um, the whole like software and technology industry is just uh, an amazing thing. Um, it intersects with everything that humans like to do every day, right? You know, um, you just look at the technology that we're using just to communicate, yeah. right? Um, uh, to travel and the medical profession, um, the finance industry, there's just mm-hmm. technology is everywhere. It's like a meta industry um, because as a technology and a tool, it's just so useful everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and language is is no exception. And and even more so because if you think about the history of the computer, um, it was invented by the global north, right? It was invented by um, the West, right? No, sorry, the global West, I should say, um, uh, you know, and you, we've had this technology, like you look at the keyboard, you know, it's got, um, it's got Latin characters on it, right? A through Z, QWERTY, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's designed around a 26 character alphabet. Um, what about all the rest of the world? Like, yeah. how do they interact with this? How do they get the benefit of this type of technology? Yeah. Um, well, that's going to uh, require effort. And the difficulty is that in, in that effort that it takes to make this very useful tool accessible and available to um, the least served in the world, uh, there's not much market in it because the least served in the world are also um, the least rich, mm-hmm. right? They might not necessarily be poor, but they're certainly not rich. They're the last to get the internet. They're the last to get cell phones. They're the last to get the computer, right? Um, and they're the last to get the word of God. Yeah. Right? So um, the, the the group of people that are most interested in serving the least served um, are Christians, are missionaries. Right? Um, and then very quickly you're confronted with the reality, oh, this tool does not work with their language. Hmm. That, that happens. It's almost the first thing you come across. Hmm. Uh, this tool does not work with their language. Well, we're kind of hosed. Um, <laughs> right. right. Step one, make the tool work with their language before we can even yeah. use the tool. Yeah. Well, right. Um, and that's just um, uh, a truckload of work. You know, a lot of that is actually um, uh, a solved problem now, you know, but um, back in the day, you know, 10 years ago, 10, 20 years ago, um, say go back 20 years, um, people couldn't even see their characters on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, like in anything, they couldn't see web pages, that kind of thing. Um, then you think about content creation, people couldn't actually create their own content. They couldn't type in their own language. Um, so this isn't true for every language, obviously, you know, many languages you can, especially the ones that use a Latin alphabet, but there's just so many that you can't and they're the hardest ones. Yeah. Well, even, even with the Latin alphabet, like. I have a Mac and I don't know if this is the same for PC or whatever, but like um, you can do that thing where you hold down the key and it brings up the like menu of different um, accents or whatever. Yeah, but not, credits, but yeah. not even yeah. not even all of those that you might need are necessarily available when you do that on some of the letters, like uh, which I've learned um, because I've created a a prayer resource where my family have for years and years, which has actually become a part of this podcast. We uh, would pray for five nations every week. 
And um, so we started just sort of compiling information about the different nations and where they're at with Bible translation and, and what their population is and how many unreached people or, and all that sort of thing. So we've just got this huge resource and the amount of times where even if they have like a Latin alphabet, their leader has a name and we want to include the leader's name, but like the correct um, letters aren't available. Um, and I have to like <laughs> trove through the internet and then do a whole bunch of fun stuff to make it like actually congruent in the formatting. And it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot. So even though there is some in that, there, and that's so much more advanced than other languages, it's still a thing that you can totally see need for. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and there's not so many people like serve the Lord as, um, a technology missionary it's it's one of these like gaps you you think oh that's an obvious thing like people should do that but i i think the church like somehow we have this like romantic idea of what a missionary is you know like Mm -hmm. maybe it's like the hero complex right everyone loves a hero you know like (laughs) hudson taylor you know you take your coffin you go to the mission field and um plan to um you know all missionaries are evangelists that that kind of thing Whereas these days, there's much more the whole body of Christ working together, mm-hmm. you know, using the gifts and skills that God has given you, but for kingdom purposes. And I think that's yeah. the big thing is pivoting to kingdom purposes that's rather cool. than just, you know, um, doing what I can do, you know, give the money. Yeah. Uh, he's probably got like a, a, a slightly better plan than that. <laughs> um, and, you know, if, if you think about it, there's, you know, um, there's about like 4 billion, uh, sorry, uh, there's uh, nearly 8 billion people in the world, right? Yeah. Um, there's about 2.2 billion Christians in the world. Um, uh, if you want to check these facts, you can just Google them. Yeah. How many How many people in the world? Mm-hmm. Uh, Google yeah. knows all. Um, this is not extensive <laughs> research, by the way. Uh, how many Christians in the world? Google knows that too, 2.2 billion. Um, how many programmers are there in the world? Google has a guesstimate for that too. Uh, 26.9 million. Wow. Um, and uh, even uh, how many evangelical missionaries are there in the world? Around about 500,000. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if you think about that, like Christians are about like 30% of the world population, um, about um, point, uh, only 0.02% of missionaries, uh, 0.02% of Christians are missionaries. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. You know? And then you look at um, missionary programmers. Uh, there should be thousands. Um, I remember going to a, a Christian programming conference once on Bible translation. Um, there was like 30 programmers in the room. Hmm. I was going, wow. And this is across multiple organizations. Um, wow. And it was a global conference. I was going, oh, I kind of thought it would be bigger than this. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's, there's just so few people doing it. Um, and I think there's just... A, a lot in that you know one i think people if they do hear the call of god they don't respond and secondly um the church is not necessarily prepared to send yeah. as well you know going oh, yeah we that don't get it kind but, of opens up know. a whole can of worms for me because like um i think there are a lot of areas in church life where um the kind of general church model for a lot of places is you have a situation of 
you're building the church and the roles within the church to make the church happen are the ones that are emphasized. And, um, and while they might be ascending church and all of that sort of thing, there's often like the majority of people attending the church, there aren't pathways within the church to use their gifts. Um, and, and yeah, you might be able to join the tech team for church, and that's awesome, but you're not also being utilize, utilized outside of the church in a kingdom way. Um, and so, yeah, that you, you kind of just set my whole brain off because I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know if we do a great way, a great job as a whole of creating pathways for people to, to recognize mm. and understand how any gift can be utilized for kingdom purposes. Mm. Um, and, and that would be a whole great other conversation I think like to dig into which we could probably talk about for a long time <laughs> all the ways in which well I, I just love use. like um like 1 Corinthians uh chapter 12 you know that's yeah. where it talks all about the gifts right yeah. um, and it does say administrations even the, right yeah the yeah. prelude to that so like um you know it's gifts of service as yeah. well as gifts of the spirit yeah um and mm. I just love verse 18 of that um it says and God has positioned each part of the body exactly where he wants it to be. Mm. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, and so how do we behave if that's true, you know? And so mm. ju just thinking about like the way in which like God, God nudges us, um, you know, okay, we are the, we're placed exactly where we are meant to be. And if God asks us to do something, this whole idea that maybe he, oh, if I say no, he'll find another way. Well, maybe he could, but hey, he was asking you. Yeah. You know, um, I, I had one that the most ridiculous Christian experience I've ever had was um, uh, it was it was actually um, just a phone call. It was just a phone call. It was crazy. Um, but, you know, I, how I was saying that people can't create content in their own language. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. um, people need to be able to type, you know, and mm -hmm. they need to be able to type on phones and things like that. Uh, and back in 2014, you know, we were having a software uh, leaders team meeting going, okay, this is getting crazy because like now not only is there like the Bible translator, so like so, and there's the team and the community, more and more people wanting to be engaged and they need to be able to type, you know, yeah. come on. Um, and we are saying, well, how, how do we do this? Well, there was a product available called Keyman. Um, that was, uh, you know, people could buy it, right? It was a, a pay for software, but it was kind of free if you were um, with Wycliffe, but kind of not free. Sometimes it was, <laughs> sometimes it wasn't. And so we were starting to think, well, how do we scale this up? It'd be lovely if it was like free for everyone, you know, free for the planet. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't, it was um, commercial software. Uh, and we thought, well, how can we do this? And uh, in the meeting, someone said, well, you know, uh, the, the, um, the guy that wrote Keyman, Mark Durden, you know, he's a really nice guy. He makes it available for free for us. Maybe he would be willing to make it a bit more broadly available. And then I thought, well, this is just ridiculous. Mark's not even in this room, you know, um, we, we should talk to him. Um, and then people said, okay, Campbell, you've got yourself a job. You go talk to him. <laughs> Great. We've never met. Um, and it was a bit like that Singapore experience, you know, go to sleep, wake up, um, Think, oh, I suppose I should call Mark. And I really knew that um, the Holy Spirit was saying, thou shalt call Mark. You <laughs> must call Mark. 
you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 whatever. That's just dumb. We've never met, you know, uh, how does the call go? You know, hi, um, can I speak to Mark? Sure. Um, yeah, my name's Campbell. Um, I'm with so like uh, Wycliffe, you know, um, we love your product, think it's great. Uh, can we just make it free for everyone? Um, <laughs> no, click. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got nothing to offer, absolutely yeah. nothing to offer. You know, and so I, I got on my motorbike and um, uh, went, headed off to the office and got out of our neighborhood and trying longer. Okay, Lord, what are we going to do today? And it was like God said, well, you can start by being obedient. Yeah. <laughs> mm, see a point. So uh, did, did a U-turn, go back home. Uh, it was just crazy, just like um, staring at the white pages for um, Australia, um, looking up this company, Keyman. You know, okay. Well, here we go. Um, get some Skype credit. Call call this guy, um, and we had a conversation, like talking to Mark. And um, partway along the conversation, you know, I was telling him about the need for keyboarding. He knew all this already, and said, "Well, look, if you want to do something completely radical and crazy with your life, you could just um, give up your day job. Um, you, you could give up your day job." Uh, sell Keyman and come be our team lead in a new software team that we're starting in Cambodia. Um, and I said, ha, 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 that's a joke. You're an Australian, I'm a Kiwi. That was a joke, you know. Um, but then he asked, tell me more about Cambodia. So I told him about Cambodia. And so we were starting a, a new software team there, um, you know, basically because someone in my home church had said, um, Yes, you asked me to pray, and this is what I think God's saying. So he said, okay, oh. we'll start a team in Cambodia. Um, then um, Mark really wanted to know more about Cambodia. I said, why do you keep asking about Cambodia? It was a joke. Um, and he said, well, my, my wife has had this long, long time. She's had this dream that one day we'd be serving the Lord full time in Cambodia. Wow. wow. Oh, Okay. This call is starting to look a little better. Um, and then he said, we, we, we should talk. We should talk more. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. Um, and then um, after the call, um, Mark was actually more excited than I realized at the time. Uh, and he um, sort of like texted his wife and he says, hey, I've been talking to this guy um, from Thailand about, um, you know, selling key man and moving to Cambodia um, as, a, as missionaries. What do you think? And she replied to him and said, sounds good. When do we go? <laughs> and I go, oh, okay. And then uh, in 2015, May 2015, I met up with Mark in Cambodia um, and we were uh, forming a partnership with this, um, this polytechnic, this training school. Um, and they said, yes, we would like to partner with you. Um, we would like to host a development team for Keyman. And then uh, Mark went away from that and decided, yes, and then through um, more miraculous provision, uh, God provided the means for uh, Wycliffe and SAL to purchase Keyman. So mm -hmm. we actually um, uh, wound up purchasing the intellectual property rights to Keyman. We built a team that, um, of software developers that worked to make it open source and freely available. And so now uh, everyone in the world can type using Keyman in their language for free. Wow. And it was just a phone call. It's just a yeah. phone call. That's all it was. Um, but God had done all of this work ahead of time. Um, and there's, uh, it gets even, even crazier is, um, Mark's given to creative writing and he, he wrote, uh, 
a creative story um, that he put on his blog um, called uh, The Beautiful City of Software. Um, you know, people, people can go and read that on the internet, but um, it basically talks about these like beautiful towers and um, this wonderful city that's like, you know, um, you know, just a picture of perfection really, uh, but it's rotten on the inside. And he's talking about like, you know, software like Microsoft and Apple and Google, you know, um, how it all looks very wonderful from the outside. But and he had his own little house um, key man, you know, and no one notices it. It's on the corner of the city, um, but it's beautiful inside and out. Wow. Um, and, and then he talks about um, uh, this market uh, where he goes to the, um, um, the market and um, he meets this man in the corner of the market and the man in the corner of the market says like the world isn't necessarily like this you know there are people that are forming a guild um, of people that actually value creating technology that's beautiful inside as well as outside um, and Mark uh, in his story says um, I consider this and I ask if I may join their guild um, and without hesitation, the man in the corner of the market says yes and invites him to join the guild. Wow. Um, and uh, in his story, he, he says he does, you know. I thought, wow, that's amazing. Um, and it wasn't until about a year later, I get this email that says, uh, to the man in the corner of the market wow. with thanks <laughs> and a link to the blog. And that was written um, about six months before I called him. Wow. Dude, this is really this whole thing is kind of just like summarized and the miracles that can happen when you mix software and obedience to god right like <laughs> so cool <laughs> very very cool um well yeah, I, but, sorry go ahead the, the funny thing the funny thing is like with um with with this like stories you know um in my first career never had stories like this yeah never mm -hmm. you know not not so much you know i'm not saying that people can't but you know, um, since actually saying, okay, I want to, I want to do what you want me to do more closely. And there's just been like story after story after story of um, strange things where you suddenly realize we are co-laborers with Christ. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we're, we're less than half the story and that the other half of the story is Christ. He's divine. He's the God of all creation. Mm -hmm. um, the stuff that you can do together is amazing. Uh, and the way he goes about building his church is a bit more um, broad than like, you know, we might naively think, you know, so it can use your gifts. It can use the gifts that you bring to the table. It can use the person that God has made you to be. Um, you don't have to be someone else, right? Um, so, you know, I'm just so thankful that God can use a software developer from New Zealand, like, you know, <laughs> I would have thought, you know, oh, I probably need to change. I probably need to retrain in a lot more Bible and probably need to do like, like full on evangelism, which I find quite frankly, scary. Um, but no, he can use what he's gifted me to do uh, for his yeah. purposes. Yeah. I think that's awesome. That's amazing. Well, I'm curious to um, know any insights you um, might have into uh, where mission and Bible translation might be changing and what um, the major needs will be in the next 10 years? Sure. Um, big question. Glad you asked. <laughs> Not. Um, the, the problem is we don't get to do missions the way we want to. 
because uh, if we take it seriously that Jesus is about the business of building his church, that means he's got an opinion. And so just, just looking where things are going is the church is the vehicle for um, God's mission in the world. Yeah. Uh, end of story. The church. And the church, that's the whole church, the breadth of the church, you know. Um, so it, it's really nice and convenient when you've got like, you know, say from the west to the rest, as they used to say, you know, that's really convenient. You know, the West can talk amongst itself and figure out how we're going to do mission for everyone else. Um, but that's not really um, the church. Uh, the church is global and it's multicultural. Mm -hmm. And the challenge is how do you be multicultural without going down to the lowest common denominator, like which might be, say, English? How do you celebrate the diversity of every culture yeah. um, mm -hmm. and celebrate the wonderful aspects um, of, say, Spanish speakers, the, the Church of the Global South? Um, you know, Portuguese speakers from Brazil, um, huge number of people now saying, yes, we want to serve God's kingdom purposes. Um, and I see that, you know, in Jesus building the church, he's doing so in improbable ways. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't like the word impossible. It sounds like impossible should be impossible even for God. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know, if I call it improbable, you know, it can go with that. And uh, it's just amazing that, you know, God would bring people from completely the other side of the planet, from like Brazil and uh, Ecuador, from uh, Latin America to Asia. That is not mm. close yeah. um, geographically, right? Um, but God is uh, bringing people from all around the world. Um, and he's not providing one group of people with all the resources that they need. So we've got people coming from Latin America. But where's the money coming from? Well, some of the money comes now from Asia through like uh, Hong Kong and South Korea and Singapore, uh, America, Canada, the Netherlands, uh, Australia and New Zealand. Um, mm -hmm. That's kind of where the money comes from. Most of the people coming from Latin America doing ministry in Asia um, with uh, our national and local colleagues as well. And that's incredibly messy. Yeah. Um, it's like one of those things you go, in what way is that a good plan? Yeah, it's not a good plan, you know, um, but it's God's plan. Uh, so um, the way in which it's changing is that God's using uh, these different giftings from different components. There's so many more people engaging in ministry that it's much more complicated uh, to work together um, in a way that makes sense, you know, in a way that works. So. Mm. Uh, that's the challenge is the church working together as the church in love and unity to bring God's blessing to people. Right. That reminds yeah. me of that proverb that says, where there are no oxen, the trough is clean, but with the strength of a ox, much is achieved. <laughs> kind of like the concept of you've got workers or you've got oxen or whatever, and it's messy, Right. Like mm, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a lot of mess mm. going on, but they achieve so much when they're there, and especially when they're yoked properly to one another and yeah. working together in tandem and all that. Yeah. Sort of I thing. kind of think that it's like God wants to um, clearly get the credit, yeah, <laughs> um, for this ministry. You know, um, mm. that it can't be perceived as a work of man by yeah. any like uh, one person, one people group. You know, yeah. Um, 
doing this and say, oh, this is just Western culture or Western Christianity. Mm-hmm. And no, it, it's the global body of Christ coming together. God has, and in improbable ways, like the story with Mark, you know, mm, yeah. or the you know story in Singapore, it's just so improbable and unlikely that yeah. God would be able to bring this together in a way that works um, and bring his blessing to people. Mm. That people will actually see the hand of God at work. And they'll go, yeah. oh, this is more than just you guys. There's more going on than just you. Um, we can see yeah. that there's the fingerprints of God all through this work. Yeah. Yeah. Would you also say that in having cross and multicultural teams that others can see that what we have the message we bring is not just something that's from our culture, but it sort of transcends culture? Would that also be something that's like a positive from it? Well, I, th- I think so. Um, there's, you know, they say they say about culture, you know, um, there's things that like um, are neutral, there's things that are wrong, and there's things that can be adapted to Christ, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's important that um, we don't bring uh, the things that are bad mm-hmm. uh, from our culture. Yeah. So we want to leave those behind as much as possible. Um, things that are, um, are neutral, they're okay. Um, and the things that are even a culture that we're working with that they can adapt to uh, Christ, is a perfectly fine thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's basically, um, like you say, transcending culture in a way, mm-hmm. but it's like saying, uh, what what is it that you have in your history that is actually like touched by God? You know, mm-hmm. um, so like worship forms is a fantastic yeah. um, opportunity, you know, so, you know, there, there are still places where they sing, like, you know, just translated hymns, translated from English. You know, but yet you listen to their um, to the indigenous music forms, and you go, "Wow, you guys, you guys have got music. You guys can sing. This is awesome." Mm-hmm. Um, but how about we start writing our own stories, our, our own music? You know, yeah. Um, and they go, "Oh, we didn't know we were allowed to do that. I thought God might not like it because God likes your music. He doesn't like our mm-hmm. music." Um, mm-hmm. No, no, He's gifted you, and He values um, your music as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, yeah. maybe even better. So like encouraging people, like in terms of how you actually go about relating um, with uh, to God through your own culture, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they'll have the same decisions to make. Oh, there's things we should leave behind because God would not be happy with that. There's things that are neutral and there's things Mm -hmm. that we can adapt, uh, but they need to go through Mm -hmm. that journey for themselves too. That's really cool insight. Yeah. So you've, I guess we've highlighted the importance of multicultural and cross-cultural environments. What um, insights have you gained from living and working and leading in these cross-cultural environments over the years? Well, that we're, um, I think the interesting thing is um, it's really hard to love others more than yourself when you don't know people so well. Yeah, that is very Um, good. (laughs) <laughs> I, I can love people. It's it's easy to love people that I like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it's easy to love people that are like me. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I feel comfortable with. Um, it's much harder to love people that you just don't know mm-hmm. and you don't understand at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you end up knowing that you should love them, but sometimes you realize that you actually don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's actually a very healthy position to be in is to be honest with mm-hmm. yourself 
and go, no, I'm actually not loving these people. I'm trying to love people, but I'm actually, I'm actually failing. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then God just will um, provide um, either people that can, or he will help change yourself and uh, your attitude or your ability or your knowledge, something will change. Um, and so I think the biggest insight I've gained is that we go through this journey, we're not alone, that we're journeying with Jesus, you know, enabled by his Holy Spirit. Um, and, and I love the way Dallas Willard um, put it, like, uh, he, um, I can't remember from which book it was, but he said something like this, that you don't believe something just by believing it to be true. Um, you don't, you don't even believe something. Um, oh, yeah, I can't remember how he said it. Ah, I have to look it up. Anyway, um, he ended it with by saying, you believe something to be true when you act knowing that it's true. Mm -hmm. um, so our beliefs uh, should translate through to our actions. Yeah. Um, and when our behaviors align with our beliefs, uh, even when we don't feel like it, you know, that's when amazing things happen. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, being able to uh, like love others cross-culturally, to, to work with others without going down to the lowest common denominator of English, uh, building multicultural teams, just to see God's kingdom purposes come about. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, putting, putting that into action, I think, is um, the important thing. And that, that's just so hard, really. Yeah. Well, it's so easy as humans to see difference and be threatened by it or not understand it or anything. I actually um, had a really funny situation happen this week. And um, we, the house that I'm living in with my husband, we've got some roommates. There's three other people. And um, one of them has just come in a couple of weeks ago. But I've, I've known him actually for 10 years. He was one of my first friends that I made in Nashville. And he's just moved back to Nashville from California. And um, our very, very first interaction that we ever had was him coming to me and saying, hey, do you speak English in New Zealand? And at that time, I had just moved here and was like very like, how could anyone not know? And so, of course, I responded and said no. Because uh, <laughs> I thought he, he either was an idiot or he was messing with me and I chose to believe that he was messing with me. Um, uh, and so I said no. And so then he said oh, wow, you have really good English for a Spanish-speaking country, which was really, like, funny to me at the time. But I was like, oh, no, maybe he actually really didn't know that and he wasn't just messing with me. Well, I just left it at that because I was kind of I like didn't want to embarrass him by telling him how wrong he was and I didn't like I just didn't know this guy. Ten, come to find 10 years later that he's believed that English was my second language for 10 years. And, uh, <laughs> and so now we're in the situation in the house where um, he's constantly talking about how bad my English is because I'm, it's my first language. 
and it's just because he's he's not used to the way that I speak. He we haven't been around each other for so long. He's he's lost that um, familiarity with my accent, and so everything that I say to him feels so foreign. And so he's of course to him it feels like it must be wrong, and uh, this just really highlighted to me um, even just a simple tiny little thing like that. It's like we're so apt as humans to just quickly be like, oh, this thing is different, so therefore it must be wrong. When really a lot of the time there's so much beauty to learn and glean from and understand when we choose to recognize the differences but even celebrate them sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> well, that, that's very similar um, to an experience I had also um, in, in America. <laughs> so... I don't know. Maybe it's the Kiwi accent doesn't translate so well. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was at a, a software conference in, in Waxhaw and we went out to dinner. Um, there's a group of us, you know, um, we tra- traveled over from Thailand. We're all English speakers. You know, there's Americans and some people from the UK, uh, New Zealander, you know. Um, and so we went out to dinner at Applebee's um, and the waitress was taking our orders. And I said something like, oh, I'll have the chicken, thanks. And she just looked at me and said, what? I'll have the chicken, please. What? Um, And um, one of my colleagues helpfully said, oh, um, he's from Thailand. And then she said, oh, they don't speak English there, do they? And he goes, no, but I can translate. So I had my American friend translating for me the whole evening. I was speaking English, you know. Um, And so he said, oh, here we have the chicken, thanks. And she goes, okay. And I was just completely disenfranchised from the rest of the evening, you know. So funny. Yeah. um, It is pretty spectacular, uh, the amount of experiences that I have here where for some reason I'm saying something very, very clearly. And I might even at times be like slightly Americanizing the way that I say it so that it's easier to understand. Like most of the time people ask my name, I don't even say Esther anymore. I say Esther. Um, just because like people are always <laughs> like, huh? So well. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. When I say my name um, in my accent, there's, there's no connect for it. And so, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty insane how, um, difficult people find it to listen to something different and they think ah i'm like i'm literally saying words that you know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so one one thing that um uh just thinking back to like you know um there's like the the nudge the nudges from god you know Mm -hmm. i'm just just thinking back about that um like there's like sometimes, you know, we ask God for what he has for us in the future. Um, then then if he told us, would we actually believe it and go and do it? Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes, sometimes the answer is no. Um, like so Wycliffe has um, a fair amount of trainings that, you know, they'll put you through, right? Um, they're mandatory. You have to do them. Um, it's mm-hmm. sad. But anyway, um, <laughs> there was there's one um, called Discovery back in the day, which was like an introduction to missions. And this was just before we were going on missions. Um, we, we were going to go in about three or four months. And we're so grumpy. Um, I was more grumpy than my wife. Um, but we went and did it anyway. Um, but it was such a blessing. Like there was, um, I, I think she was a psychologist, Christian psychologist. Um, and she um, asked us to think about, you know, what is God calling to you to do? And she just asked us to imagine something like a picture or whatever. 
Um, and I got this picture actually. Um, I thought, oh, well, this is cool. Um, I'm not an artist, but so I drew this picture. You know, it's so like Greenland on the left, a, a green like landmass on the left, green landmass on the right, and some blue stuff in the middle. Um, and uh, what's your role? My role is to join the right to the left. The people don't know Jesus on the left, they do on the right. And I'm going to join them together. And so drew, uh, so like red string, tied it together with a bow and said, that, that's my role and purpose in life. Um, wow. And then that got a solid year right from me at the time. This was back in early 2006. Um, and I thought, that's a solid year, right? Um, so I actually threw that picture in the bin. Um, you know, and uh, then when I actually wound up um, becoming the director, um, <laughs> which was entirely due to a song actually that I kept on going over and over and over in the car, which was like, I refuse. Um, <laughs> um, and there's a, there's a line in the song, I refuse to let someone else do what God has called me to do. Wow. Um, and then mm -hmm. I thought, okay, it's not going to be no... You know, very Kiwi, you know, we, we never say yes. We're not that happy about things this game. Are we, you know, it's not far now. Are we there yet? Not far. Um, you know, how are you doing? Not bad. We're not, we're never good. We're just not bad, you know. Um, and so are you going to do this? Well, it's not going to be a no. <laughs> no. So, so that's as close to agreeable as we can get. Anyway, so um, Paul, uh, I redrew this picture in, um, in 2018. Um, and then through a conversation with a colleague, an unlikely colleague, uh, an unlikely conversation, sorry, we wound up having this conversation about the global church of the South and go, can anyone go visit the church of the South? Does it have an address, you know? And so, um, he said, well, if you pay, I'll go. And so, um, we paid, um, and this colleague went and he, he visited about like eight countries in Latin America in about 10 days. Um, yeah. they made some amazing connections. And then the following year, there was a Bible translation conference um, that was the theme of this missions conference um, in Brazil. Amazing. And they invited a team from Southeast Asia uh, to come and speak at the conference, um, which included me because I was the director. Wow. Um, so I was invited to go and speak at this Bible translation conference in Brazil and wound up, of all things, speaking on the youth night, um, Friday night, um, which was also unplanned, had to... Uh, change boring talk for more interesting talk uh, and um, you know wound up basically inviting people to accept the challenge that Jesus says come and follow me uh, even as to serve in Southeast Asia Wow! Um, and there's about 500 youth at that event and they said yes pick me they said Isaiah 6 wow. 8 whom then shall I send they all said pick me Wow! Um, so um, the stage we're at now is still mid-story really but uh, one of the people from that event has come to serve as an intern in, uh, in Cambodia uh, and, wow. you know, serving in Southeast Asia. And we've got other people from Ecuador here as well. We've got a couple of people from Brazil um, mm -hmm. coming. And so, like, that picture that God gave me in 2006 actually came to pass in 2019. Wow. You know, and just go, that, that's just, uh, like, mind-blowing. Um, yeah. Though the lesson to me was that if God says something to you, would you believe it even if he did? Yeah. And so, um, and I, I know from my experiences, the answers are no, he can tell <laughs> me and I'll still go, yeah, right. Like that's <laughs> going to happen. Um, but nonetheless, as we like journey along with him, um, and I guess this is the, just 
the key insight is journeying with Jesus. He's faithful. He will lead you by the hand. He'll take what you've got. And mm -hmm. if you're willing, use it for his kingdom purposes, um, co-laboring with Christ, uh, mm -hmm. doing, doing it together. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, and he's quite willing to like dialogue, you know, he, he just, he just loves us so much. He just loves working with us, you know, so awesome cosmic power and his plans to work with the church because he loves us. He likes mm -hmm. it. He thinks we're cool. He thinks that more than, more than we can know. That's amazing. Well, I'd love to share with people how they can support you. Yeah, that always sounds like um, how can people support us financially? Um, <laughs> I would say, uh, don't bother. Um, you know, uh, in that sense, we're fine. Um, how you can support the mission? Um, if you hear a nudge from God, for goodness sake, go yeah. <laughs> to it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it, you won't see that it's possible, um, but you should just go do it nonetheless. I, I think that the biggest gift that anyone has to give the kingdom of God is their time. Uh, give your time. Um, it, it's the it's the biggest thing you've got. That's great. Well, yeah, we encourage everyone watching this um, to be praying and seeking every opportunity to hear from God. You know, how can I play a part in all of this stuff? We've we're at what is, is this the nineteenth or eighteenth? Yeah, nineteenth episode, yeah. episode, and we've heard so many stories of the way that God has used people and none of them have been like these, you know, famous, grandiose people, but they've just been everyday kind of people like you and me willing to just say yes and be used. And it's amazing to see the impact. So absolutely um, join, join, <laughs> join in. It will be amazing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. We actually have, I don't think we've ever had anyone on this podcast, Campbell, that has been that excited about asking people to support financially. They're, they're nearly always like, join us or pray. Like, it's pretty much <laughs> the same answer every time. And I think that's such a beautiful and awesome part about everyone that's been involved as well. No one's looking for that so much um, because, you know, you've, you guys have, most of the people involved have done the work to get the support that they need. And it's not like a cap in hand sort of thing. It's like, man, God's su supplying um, what we really need is prayer support and workers, you know? So. Yeah. Well, they, the interesting thing is, you know, like um, with scripture, you, you read it and believe it, you know, so it says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Yeah. So if, if you want to put your heart into the things of God, mm -hmm then a really easy way to change your heart is to change where you put your treasure. Yeah. So it's just so easy. You know, um, mm -hmm. if you, if you want to, um, be involved in missions, support missions, yeah. um, mm -hmm. then, then your heart will be in that. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if your treasure is going in towards things that are not of the kingdom of God, well, then that's where your heart will be. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. And the choice is always yours with, with everything we've got, our choices, what do we do with it? Um, yeah. So mm -hmm. what you'll find is that as you um, get more involved in God's kingdom purposes, as you put your treasure there, your heart will follow. Yeah. Then when your heart follows, your behaviors will follow too. Mm -hmm. so, awesome. Yeah. That's great. 
Well, I, I mentioned earlier that we have a practice every podcast of praying for five different nations. And so this week we're, we're praying for Azerbaijan, Bahamas, Bahrain, Bangladesh, and Barbados. And we would love to have you uh, lead us in prayer, please, Campbell. Yeah, sure. Uh, there's some very different countries there. Very Just much. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like, how, how do I group them? Like, so there's the bah- uh, Bahamas and Barbados. Yeah. Um, are very, very Christian. Yeah. Uh, and the, the others um, are definitely not. Very not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, mm. let's pray. Heavenly Father, I do thank you, Lord, um, that you work with your church and you love all peoples. Lord, where there's just so few people following you, Lord, that um, you can raise up people, you can send people, where people would go, Lord. So for uh, folk in Azerbaijan, Lord, where, you know, less than 3% Christian, Lord, uh, most people do not know you. Lord, we pray that um, folk would hear your good word, that they would um, hear your call, come follow me. And they just take you at your word, Lord, and you'd meet them where they're at, Lord, that you'd reveal yourself to them. Father, uh, we just think of um, Bahrain, Lord, uh, somewhat similar, um, but also very poor, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that, um, you know, you would actually uh, raise up your church, Lord, strengthen the church that's in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Lord, that you would uh, call people to yourself. Father, we just think of the languages in these countries, like Arabic, Persian. Uh, there's uh, some Filipino languages like Tagalog, but there's also uh, Urdu. Father, we just pray, Lord, that um, in this multicultural diversity, Lord, that your gospel would be uh, heard and understood as well. Lord, in Bangladesh, um, it's somewhat restrictive, Lord, to your word going forth. So, Father, we pray for um, freedom from persecution, for uh, oppression. Lord, that um, your word would be free to roam throughout that country. Lord, we pray that um, you'd um, raise up uh, your workers for that harvest field, Lord. Um, Lord, we just think of our local colleagues there, you know, so many people are wanting to serve you, Lord, but uh, there's always fear. So, Father, we pray, Lord, for that fear to be cast out, Lord, that the yeah. church would operate in strength and mm-hmm. confidence um, and safety, Lord. May you just protect those that work for your kingdom purposes in Bangladesh, we pray. And we pray, Lord, for uh, the salvation of many, Lord God. And Father, we do pray, Lord, that there would just be uh, your love expressed even through the meeting of practical needs. Um, again, Bangladesh, a very poor country, Lord. Mm. Um, but Father, we pray, Lord, that what it lacks in material resources, it would make up for in your kingdom resources, Lord God, that you would just pour out your love um, and grace upon that place, we pray. Amen. I was just going to pray for the... Um, the folk of um, like Bahamas and Barbados. Oh yeah, go ahead. Like as a, as a, um, 
I, I pray, Lord, for these countries, um, Bahamas and Barbados, that they would actually take on the burden of being a sending nation, Lord. Um, there's, uh, you know, they might be experiencing um, what's called post-Christianity, Lord. Mm. We just pray, Lord, that they would not be post-Christian, Lord, but they would be pre-mission. Amen. Um, Amen. Father, that they would actually mm. um, realize that there is more to do um, than feeding themselves and pastoring themselves, Lord, but rather that there is a world that is needy um, and that they have been blessed and blessed abundantly, Lord, um, and that they are fully equipped to serve uh, in kingdom ways and kingdom purposes in improbable ways. So, Lord God, I pray uh, for these people, uh, for the um, Barbados and the people of the Bahamas, Lord, that although they uh, live in a very wonderful place, Lord, and they may feel that they have uh, not very much, but they have the word of God. And yeah. I pray, Lord, that um, you would uh, give them the courage and the strength uh, and the resources that they need to take this message uh, to wherever you'd have them go, Lord. May mm. they be a part of the uh, sending nation and this improbable, messy uh, outreach from the global church mm. to the least served of the world, we pray mm. in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. I Amen. love what you prayed there. Not post-Christian, but pre-mission. That's the bomb. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah, thanks so much, Campbell, for your time and just coming and sharing a bit of what's on your heart. And, yeah, you've given us a lot of challenges um, to, you know, be attentive to God's nudging and also be humble in where we're at with cross-cultural environments. Yeah, it's been really insightful. So thank you so much. So good. Mm, thanks so much. Yeah. It's great to be here. Yeah, and for everyone else listening, we release another one of these every month. So stay tuned for that. And if you like this, um, like it and share it with others. We'll see you guys next time. See you next time, everybody. <laughs> oh, and Thanks. we keep forgetting to mention that uh, the Story of Hope podcast is a part of the NRT network of podcasts. So yes. make sure you go check out some of the other great podcasts in the network. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.